Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. Hey, welcome to the American Liberties Call. We are still having calls, believe it or not. Uh, number number five is alive. Um, as many as reported, my daughter sent out an email earlier last or late last week or sometime uh, that I did have a heart attack. Um, and I'd like to thank everybody. I mean, when I got home, I, I haven't gone in that probably none of hardly any of my emails i got i get a lot of email a day and uh but i can see a lot of them are are uh best wishes and and condolences and so forth and i really appreciate everybody uh praying and 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 passing good things and um and i wish i could uh respond one to one individually However, uh, it is overwhelming, and since I've been home, I, um, I, I don't, I'm not sitting at the computer, uh, hardly, I don't probably spend 20 minutes a day at the computer, I'm mostly resting and in bed for at least till the beginning of next week, uh, where I can start a little exercise and so forth, and they got me on these medications that really, you know, put you through a spin because I don't take medication on a typical basis. And so with all that said, um, I got to control a lot of my time and what I do and and take plenty of rest right now. But they say within two to three weeks, I'll be up and running full force again. So with that being said, uh, in a day or so, I will send out an email accordingly uh, and let everybody what I know. Um, if anybody has any comp- uh, uh, orders in, such as, you know, Section 83 books or anything like that, uh, and they've ordered them uh, from last Friday, uh, please send an email in with the subject, my order. Please, please send in my order. And I will uh, I will look for that tomorrow morning or tomorrow afternoon when I get on the computer and I'll have I'll have that taken care of as quickly as I can. And I really apologize for any inconvenience I may have caused anybody. However, um Nothing has stopped since we've been uh, since this uh, situation. Um, Dave is uh, is is here on the call tonight. I want him to go into some updates on what's going on in all this. Uh, I just like to say I thank God every day. I'm still alive and and in good health, 
And and I say that because the uh, the nurses and the doctors said for a guy my age, I'm in really good health, and and it's just a matter of three having to put three stents in in my heart. He said, but um, everything else, my lungs, liver, and kidneys, they all checked out good. So that that's a good news. So I want to the IRS to let them know that. I'm still a thorn. I'm still going to be around, and I'm here. And so with that being said, I'd like to introduce my good friend and mentor, Dave Maryland. Dave, take it away. Hey, thanks, Chris. Can everybody hear me? Yep. Great. Uh, yeah, glad you're back, Chris. Uh, dodged a bullet. And uh, like Andrew Dice Clay said, uh What's the big deal? I've been smoking for 30 years, and my lung feels great. No. <laughs> um, you know, uh, I've got this path that I walk um, every day about four miles on the interurban trail here in the Seattle area. There's many miles of it, and uh, it's a, a way to get out and walk where you seldom have to stop for a traffic light or watch for cars and uh, it's like a probably eight or nine foot wide sidewalk that stretches for miles so you just hop on the place that's near your house and get walking and for your information a four mile walk and that's with a few stops to maybe tie my shoes blow my nose wipe the sweat off my brow, four miles is exactly one hour. So I'm walking at about 4.1 or 4.2 miles an hour, nice brisk pace, an hour every day. And you you really got to exercise it, use it or lose it. My name is David Merlin. Nothing you'll hear me say is intended as legal advice. Anything that sounds like that to you, just consider it something somebody else might do on a planet far, far away where the law matters. It doesn't matter here. I prove it on a daily basis. Believe it. On my talk shoe series, 59615, my show is called Nine, uh, No Confidence, 59615. Uh, the latest episode there is... Um, Let's see, I think I recorded that Monday. It's a brief, uh, not a discussion really, it's just my uh, description of the claims in a particular lawsuit. I just got word from the lead plaintiff. It was filed today in U.S. District Court. A lawsuit I wrote against the Internal Revenue Service in the United States under the Administrative Procedures Act. And uh, when he called today, uh, he told me that everything at the counter with the clerk went like clockwork, just as smooth as glass. And that's because I know how to file a lawsuit against the United States government in U.S. District Court. He had his civil cover sheet filled out. Uh, We went over that last night. He had the summons filled out. We went over that last night. He took those to the counter, and the clerk did exactly what I told him the clerk would do, and he walked away with a couple of his copies stamped with the docket number and stamped uh, date stamped from the court, and they're going to mail him his summons 
and he's a plaintiff. Chris Chapman is a co-plaintiff, and there are a couple of others. Uh, one of the plaintiffs, his bank account was raided last August. The IRS took everything without a notice of levy, just took all his money. And I think he got it back in two or three months, but it put him out of business. So uh, uh, that's one of the issues that the lawsuit uh, seeks to review for um, a determination that it's unconstitutional. There's plenty of case law, beginning with uh, Simon versus Kraft, U.S. Supreme Court, of course, that you have the right to a hearing, a right to notice and the opportunity to defend. And they can't simply write a law that says, oh, no, you don't. We, 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 uh, we can take your money. We can just go in and take it whenever we want. That flies in the face of the right to notice and opportunity to defend. Simon versus Kraft. And, of course, the site I recommend... I recommend you go to the law library and learn how to do hard copy research. Uh, pick up books that have uh, case law in them. Read the case law right out of the book. Uh, learn to photocopy them because one day if you're without a computer, you're really going to need to know the law library. However, online research is uh, very robust. A lot of opportunities to access uh, archival um, stores of data concerning the court system and state and federal statutes. Let's see here. Scholar.google.com. You want to familiarize yourself with uh, uh, that website. Another one is Open Jurist. And I think it's openjurist.org. I could be wrong. It might be openjurist.com. Uh, those two websites are real good for looking up case law. They're fantastic. Another one is findlaw.com. And uh, Simon versus Kraft, uh, notice and opportunity to defend. In fact, I'm going to go uh, very quickly to, um, let's see, let's do it right here. Scholar.google.com. Uh, notice, defend, Simon versus Kraft. And I want that in case law. There we go. Simon versus Kraft, 1901. The contention now urged is that notice imports an opportunity to defend and that the return of the sheriff conclusively established that Miss Simons was taken into custody and was hence prevented by the sheriff from attending the inquest or defending, uh, or, uh, defending through counsel. And then you have Simon versus Kraft, of course. It'll be cited in a whole bunch of cases. Let's see. I'm going to add to my search term notice opportunity. Opportunity. Notice an opportunity to defend. Right here, I'm going to paste that 
link into the chat. There we go. And that's where I would start my search for cases on uh, right to appear and defend before you lose a, an important right. And let's see here. So it's a very important right. It's a constitutional right. And uh, they can't simply write a statute that says, oh, no, we can take your money anytime we want. They just can't do it. <clears throat> they can't write a statute that subverts a constitutional right. And that's one of the issues this lawsuit seeks to redress, asking the court to declare that this was an agency wrong. And you want to look up 5 U.S.C. 701 through 706, 5 U.S.C. 706, says that uh, a reviewing court, when asked to do so under the Administrative Procedures Act, it shall set aside or hold unlawful any agency action that is contrary to law, abuse of discretion, unconstitutional. There's a few other things. And so this lawsuit was filed pursuant to that statute. The jurisdiction of the court was invoked under the Fourth and Fifth Amendments. And we're in court, everybody. Uh, listen to the talk show episode that I just posted Monday at number 59615. That's No Confidence, my show, my archive there. And listen to that. I think it's about uh, 49 minutes total where I read several claims from the lawsuit. There are eight causes of action in the lawsuit. The first one, I'm asking the court to declare that it's uh, arbitrary and an abuse of discretion and unconstitutional that they wrote 26 CFR 1.1-1, which says US citizens owe this tax when the statute that uh, regulation's written under doesn't make any mention of anybody's citizenship. <clears throat> I'm asking the court to declare that it's unconstitutional to fail to consider or train on tax code section 83 because it's universally applicable to all compensation for services. And the government's going to call everybody a tax protester. These are statutory arguments. When the tobacco company, Brown and Williamson, versus uh, the the Food and Drug Administration, 2001, reached the U.S. Supreme Court, maybe 2000. Uh, they didn't call the tobacco company uh, tax protesters. And they challenged the FDA, saying your tobacco enforcement authority arises strictly through regulations you wrote, and it's not based on statute. Well, that's what I'm saying about Section 1 of the tax code. It doesn't mention anybody's citizenship. And they wrote a regulation that says, oh, yeah, this is for citizens of the United States. You can't do that through regulation. The statute doesn't make any mention of anybody's citizenship. And you can see the whole statute and this argument on wevgov.com, wevgov.com, on the federal income taxation page. I look at the, stat, uh, the chapters that impose the taxes. Uh, just like you won't see anybody in the Patriot movement doing. None of them, in fact, I just got an email from a guy that means well, 
but he sent out an email with a string of people that have never done any real research. I know what real research is because I've done a ton of it, as, uh, specifically into the tax code. And if somebody doesn't even know that Section 83 exists, who the hell are they to say, oh, the tax is imposed by voluntary compliance? Well, what the hell do you know? How did Section 83 operate in your conclusion there's a tax to volunteer into? How do you volunteer into something that doesn't exist? You have to call it a gift if all you received was the value of your labor, or you have to call it extortion if it's not voluntary. And it's not voluntary. You don't pay, they'll come and get it. So you got a pack of morons out there called the anti-tax movement that have never done any real research, and they're stuck in the, in the Stone Age with the non-resident alien argument. And on the federal income taxation page of wevgov.com, you'll see a, uh, an excerpt from 39 or 40 cases. And those are just the federal cases. That doesn't count tax court that said you're not a non-resident alien. You're a citizen of the United States. Why would you want to go up against that? Why would you not want to have additional arguments just in case the courts do to you what they did to those others in those cases? Once you're a citizen of the United States in the eyes of the court, you're going to need other arguments. Well, no, I'm just sui juris to the third power. Give me another shot of snake oil, Jack. You've got to spare me. That's the, the, the state of the anti-tax movement. They're stuck in the Stone Age. Here's the term for it. Shibboleth. I'm going to go to the web and get the, uh, get the definition of that so I don't mess it up. But it, it speaks volumes. Shibboleth, a custom, principle, or belief distinguishing a particular class or group of people especially a long-standing one regarded as outmoded or no longer important. That's the anti-tax movement. That's the non-resident alien argument. And that's why I don't make the argument. Since 1992, when I saw that uh, memorandum from Chief Judge Voorhees in North Carolina striking down the argument, I thought, until I can write against the U.S. District Chief Judge, I'm going to shut my mouth about being a non-resident alien. Believe that. So I wrote this lawsuit. It was filed today. And the first one is, I'm only named in a regulation if I'm a citizen of the United States. The second one is uh, Section 83 of the tax code. I'm the only one in the known universe that's teaching it. And yet, as you'll see on wevgov.com, it explains how to tax all compensation every penny of it, and no one is even teaching it but me. I wrote the book on it in 1994. A year ago, I added 30 pages to it, published it. You'll see it on the products page on wevgov.com. Welcome to the call, Chris, 2100. Uh, let's see, what's the third claim? I think the third claim in the lawsuit is that uh, Section 6201A, says that the IRS can assess taxes that are unpaid, but only if they're taxes that should have been paid by stamp. 
and everybody says, oh, that's ATF, stamp taxes. Well, you're wrong, and you're wrong because you didn't go to the index of the tax code and look up stamp taxes. It'll direct you to the 4300s and 4400s of the tax code, foreign insurers and casinos, and they wrote a regulation to broaden that authority. They could only assess stamp taxes that have not been paid. They wrote a regulation that says, we can assess all these taxes and didn't even mention the term stamp. That's a regulation that unduly and impermissibly broadens assessment authority beyond the authority that Congress gave the IRS through the Secretary of the Treasury. Uh, let's see, what's another one? Uh, welcome, Sacred Cow. I know who you are. And uh, you're in here late. You can go back and listen to the first 20 minutes of the show. Chris is recording it. Uh, another issue in the lawsuit is uh, void for vagueness. That if the government, again, because they've had many chances to go on record with uh, their own um, interpretation of Section 83 of the tax code and these other issues, they've been faced with them, they can't talk about them. If they can't even talk about the law, if they can't dispose of these arguments with cogent refutation based on law, then it violates the void for vagueness doctrine, rights to due process, to enforce the tax code against Americans. Another uh, challenge is under tax code section 7343, which is the definition of the term person in chapter 75 on crimes, willful failure to file, willful tax evasion, fraudulent tax documents, uh, impeding through threat or actual use of force, the due administration of the internal revenue laws. These are all crimes in Chapter 75, and yet the definition of the term person says the term person includes, and so they enforce it as an inclusion. It includes everybody, even if they aren't mentioned in the definition. Well, that means it can't be a definition, but it's called a definition. So if it were a definition, it would only apply to these certain people. The term person includes any officer or employee of a corporation or member or employee of a partnership who, as such officer, member, or employee, is under a duty to perform the act with respect to which the violation occurred. Well, they tell all of us our duties arise from being the recipients of gross income, not from being a, uh, an officer, employee, or member of a corporation or partnership. And yet, this definition restricts the application of Chapter 75 to exactly those people whose duties arrive, uh, arise thusly. So that's another challenge in the lawsuit. And again, at my talk shoe page, 59615, no confidence, uh, the show that was posted Monday, you'll hear um, a description of the claims in the lawsuit, the causes of action, asking the court to declare uh, as arbitrary, um, unconstitutional, contrary to law, uh, conducted without adherence to uh, lawful procedures, these particular aspects of tax code enforcement. The um, uh, and at the end of that show, you'll hear a very important message from uh, uh, former President Clinton that you really ought to pay attention to. Uh, 
Now, the lawsuit, I intend it to go absolutely nowhere. If it goes anywhere, it'll only go so far as to declare that they can't uh, can't confiscate your uh, property without a notice of levy because it's unconstitutional to not give you opportunity to appear and defend. If they hear any of the claims, that's the one most likely to be heard. And then there are uh, these others that they simply will not touch. They will not debate you on the statutes you see on wevgov.com on the federal income taxation page. So I expect they'll find some reason, however ludicrous it might sound, uh, to dodge the lawsuit. And so the plaintiffs really are looking only for the trophy, that trophy being the ability and right to claim I even sued the United States government for proof that the tax code applies to Americans, that a tax is imposed on the value of my labor, and they can't debate me on four or five statutes. And we threw it all against the wall to see what sticks. Now, behind the lawsuit, also filed onto the record in U.S. District Court less than probably six hours ago, was an entire copy of my 2006 criminal complaint filed with 80 members of Congress, uh, January 2006, and my August 27, 2014 supplemental briefing, and my February 25, 2015 supplemental briefing, and a, an affidavit of joinder filed with Congress by four of the five plaintiffs. Four of the five plaintiffs have joined the 2006 complaint. So it's all right there on the record. The complaint is not a claim. A civil complaint is a, a claim for remedy. A complaint to Congress, a criminal complaint, is just an affidavit saying that crimes have been committed. The government has a case. That's all it said. It has the status of affidavit. That's all it is. So the entire briefing and supplemental briefings were filed onto the record in U.S. District Court today behind this lawsuit under the Administrative Procedures Act that claims violations of the Fourth and Fifth Amendments to the Constitution have been committed through these various and varying uh, modes of enforcement and acts on the part of the Internal Revenue Service. How do you like me now? And um, the plaintiff, the lead plaintiff, uh, what we're trying to do for the plaintiffs by filing this, if, uh, you know, if you think it'll go nowhere, why did you file it? Well, we filed it to make uh, to make it much less likely in the future that any criminal proceeding might be commenced against the people that are part of the lawsuit. It'd be awfully hard to explain to a jury, uh, yeah, he sued us for proof we have authority, and we couldn't prove it, but we're going to put him in jail anyway, even though we can't prove we have any authority whatsoever, even though we can't disprove this 
criminal complaint in Congress that says we steal your money on a daily basis, the complaint that proves Social Security uh, has never applied to Americans, you think they want to face that in front of a grand jury or a trial jury? So this effort is strictly beamed at preventing future criminal proceedings against the people that are part of this uh, lawsuit. That's, uh, you can see how uh, the corruption in the government has forced me to very specifically focus my efforts and uh, has greatly diminished my dreams, my confidence in the system, my national pride, my patriotism, to where I got the goods on them. I can screw these people till the cows come home using just the law. It doesn't matter. The most you can get is to not be indicted. They'll still come and take your money because it's just America. That's all it is. So wake up, stop dreaming, get out of the anti-tax movement because they can't get anywhere. Whereas between Chris and I, since 2006, 12 people have not been indicted, maybe more. And it happens for people that uh, have joined this criminal complaint in Congress. Grand jury proceedings shut down. Nobody else can claim that. And anybody that says, oh, voluntary compliance, in this email I got just the other day, there's a video from somebody that says, look, look, in, in, in 2013, a government official from the IRS tells Congress that taxes are voluntary. How do you volunteer into something that doesn't exist? There is no tax imposed on the value of labor. There is no tax imposed on Americans. How do you volunteer into something that doesn't exist? They say what they say because they haven't studied the tax code. They're going to hang their hat on a comment from a public servant. Excuse me, don't public servants lie all the time? And of course they have to say it's voluntary compliance. It's what the commissioner has said in publications. It's what the Supreme Court has said. So of course they have to say it. Voluntary compliance means if you don't pay it, they'll come and get it. Period. So uh, the anti-tax movement is much of dreamers, morons, and shysters. You can show them the truth. You can show them an offense. And they look the other way going, oh, look, an honor is an alien, and run away from you. Oh, look, it's Oprah. you got to spare me. The state of Maryland, the Supreme Court just ruled that people in the state of Maryland that made in, uh, income, quote-unquote income, in other states as residents of Maryland, Maryland was taxing them on that income over again. And the Supreme Court ruled that's double taxation. You can't do it. And so Maryland's going to have to pay back in the neighborhood of $200 million. That's funny. And that's the least of their worries. How did Section 83 operate? In your conclusion, I owe a tax in the state because all these states have written laws that say, for example, your Nebraska gross income is the same thing as your federal gross income. Or anybody that owes federal income tax 
owes taxes in this state. And uh, you'll see this on the state income tax page on wevgov.com. I'm about to add Virginia to that. In fact, while I've got you here, why don't I share with you the Virginia statutes that link state liability to federal law. Hang on just a second. Uh, for anybody that's curious, I manage an immense amount of data. I have gigabytes and gigabytes of information that uh, I dig into uh, for questions such as this. Somebody says, what about Virginia? I know I have to go to a certain hard drive, to a certain folder, and find the Virginia document with the Virginia state tax statutes in it. We're looking at Virginia Code section 58.1-301, uh, 58-1, excuse me, 58.1-320, and 58.1-322. Uh, 3101, any term used in this chapter shall have the same meaning as when used in a comparable context in the laws of the United States related to federal income taxes. B, any reference in this chapter to the laws of the United States relating to federal income taxes shall mean the provisions of the Internal Revenue Code of 1954. 58.1-320, a tax is hereby imposed annually, uh, imposed annually on the Virginia taxable income for each taxable year. Uh, dash 322 says, the Virginia taxable income of a resident individual means his federal adjusted gross income. There. How did Section 83 operate in your conclusion? I owe an income tax in Virginia. End of story. I'll be adding that to the, if I get to it, if I remember to do so, uh, to the uh, state income tax page at wevgov.com. Now, um, <clears throat> this lawsuit uh, is an advanced sort of document. Uh, a federal lawsuit by its nature is advanced, and then you add the fact that this is relative to tax law, and you can multiply that by about tenfold. It's a complex document. While the claims are very simple, uh, it was very difficult to arrive at a final draft that I was pleased with. Uh, it was on my desktop for um, probably in the neighborhood of uh, three weeks while I added certain things to it, rearranged it, reworded things, took certain sentences out, and arranged for a final list of who the plaintiffs were going to be. And uh, I finally got to the point where I said, you know, it's, it's pretty much done. And then another person proofed it, read it a bunch of times, and missed a bunch of stuff, uh, capital letters I should have had in there. And uh, because the keyboard I use has a couple of sticky keys. A lot. And plus, Microsoft Word. I'm going to type this into the chat. Look at what I'm up against. I have a complex document to write, and I have to troubleshoot Bill Gates. I'm going to type in one word that Microsoft Word didn't recognize as a misspelling. I hope you're sitting down. It missed that word. 
nobody's on the phone. Everybody's on the computer, so you can all see that. Microsoft Word didn't recognize that as a misspelling. W, the numeral 3, A-S. I meant to type in was, W-A-S. There's a 3 in there because it's right above the W. And spell check didn't see that. So that's an example of, uh, yeah, nothing irrelevant, please, guest seven. Uh, we're, we're talking about, about a very specific uh, subject here. Um, so anyway, uh, it's a very technical document, and uh, I'm up against things like this. So it's not perfect. It's close. But if I had the time, and you are your own worst proofreader. And so uh, I'll bet you if I went through there very slowly, uh, I'd still find things that I would do differently. Uh, guest seven, I have to ask you, nothing irrelevant, please. Thank you very much. Um, so again, you'll hear a description of this lawsuit on 59615 here on TalkShoe. That's my archive. And um, the, uh, uh, the last show posted is about this lawsuit that was filed today against the U.S. and the IRS. And on the next show, probably on Saturday here on 87488 American Liberties. Um, uh, Chris and I will get further into this and probably disclose the, uh, the docket number as well. If somebody wanted to join this lawsuit as a plaintiff, uh, or if you just want to donate to what, uh, to what we're doing, if you want to support our work, you know, Oh, yeah, I just hate free. Get the hell out of here. Wow. Just wow. Uh, once again, the Patriot Movement is a pack of morons. So um, if you want to support our efforts, I prefer that you buy materials. Uh, we accept donations, of course, but I'd really rather you got my materials, especially the flash drive you see on the products page on wevgov.com. It has three hours, 45 minutes of instruction, seven video segments, and uh, I think uh, if Warrior is still on the call, yeah, Warrior is here. Uh, Warrior has my flash drive, <coughs> and uh, you're welcome to type in a testimonial here on the chat. The uh, flash drive really is key, and um, the uh, book on Section 83, uh, Take from Caesar, Volumes 1 and 2, uh, go ahead and uh, read the descriptions of those products on the website, wevgov.com, and if you want to contribute to our effort, uh, that would be great, much appreciated. You can also uh, join this lawsuit if you choose through my office to join the lawsuit as a similarly situated plaintiff, what we'll do first is join you to the congressional complaint in Congress, make you a co-complainant, so that when you join the lawsuit under Court Rule 21, uh, joinder of similarly situated parties, you can file as an exhibit to your joinder the joinder that you filed in Congress to join the criminal complaint. So there's the criminal complaint and the lawsuit. 
let's call the criminal complaint your joinder number one. You file your joinder number one, and then you attach it to joinder number two, which joins you to the existing lawsuit. The government, when it's a defendant in a civil suit, it has 60 days to answer. And so if you want to join both of these, get it on. Because pretty soon the government's going to file a motion to dismiss. I'm going to have to file a rebuttal. And then the court's going to dismiss the lawsuit because they won't talk about it. So uh, they simply will not talk about tax law, and I expect them to dismiss this. But if you join both of these complaints, the criminal and the civil, you'll have thereafter the right to say, I even sued the government for proof that tax law applies to Americans and that a tax is imposed on the value of my labor, and they can't even debate me on these five statutes. They've never had any authority. It's all been theft and racketeering, just like I complained in 2006. And by the way, that complaint is 180 pages, a 33-page racketeering complaint, a 58-page memorandum, a 12-page cover letter uh, notarized, a six- or seven-page table of authorities, a seven-page certificate of service listing every member of Congress that got one of the originals, and a 12-page abstract of primary claims and some exhibits. I, I don't mess around. I went all the way with that complaint and put it on the record in Congress, and now it's part of the record in this U.S. District Court case filed today uh, by this man who is the lead plaintiff who had been threatened with criminal charges, and so now he's on record as a plaintiff suing to stay out of trouble in the future. I have a right to know. And so I'm going to allege that they threatened me with criminal charges. All I did was uh, make the fair market value of my labor as a citizen of the United States, and they threatened me. And so for these reasons, I want their actions to be, clear, uh, to be declared under the Administrative Procedures Act arbitrary, capricious, and abusive discretion, unconstitutional, and not in conformance with law. That's 5 U.S.C. 706. And uh, hopefully, we'll keep everybody that got involved uh, out of uh, or insulated from the commencement of criminal proceedings in the future. And yes, guess five, that was one of the claims, the void for vagueness doctrine, is that if they can't refute these claims, which are statutory, oh, one of the claims, uh, very interesting. Oh, you're a sovereign citizen type. You're anti-government. You're a tax protester. No, these are statutory claims. So get away from me with those epithets, with that libel. I'm a whistleblower. You're violating the law, you're a public servant, and I'm telling on you. That's not a sovereign citizen, that's not a tax protester, that is a whistleblower. And so one of these claims, causes of action is a request that the court declare that when you're making statutory challenges, you're a whistleblower and not some uh, hair-on-fire-screaming-freeman-militia-type sovereign citizen, anti-tax, non-resident alien, maritime admiralty adhesion contract moron. Uh, that's another, I, I hate that about this government. As soon as you protest anything... They just throw a bunch of libel out there and expect you to dig yourself out from underneath it. Well, I'm done. Uh, I'm done. 
you just can't call me names without me calling your children names because you can't even prove you have any authority over us whatsoever. And then when you look, and this has been discussed on many shows right here on this archive at 87488, uh, not discussed, it's what I've conveyed to you, this laundry list, uh, and also in my archive at 59615, the laundry list of things that were done with the money the federal government stole from us. They've misused that money to the point where now Americans wonder if their children are going to be blown up by a suicide bomber at grade school. Because our federal government is fighting over oil in foreign countries and lighting their camels on fire in places we got no business, can't even pronounce the name of some of these countries, and our government's up to its ass in M16s and tanks over there. And so, yeah, Americans' chickens have come home to roost. A very accurate phrase, about the only one from Reverend Wright that really bears any reference to anything, but exactly. And our federal government, look at what it probably does overseas where it isn't bound by our Constitution. At home, it's bad enough. And when they go over overseas, and take out their weapons, I'm certain they behave in ways that are far worse than what they do to us. Uh, domestic terrorism is uh, engaging in unlawful conduct that is violent to intimidate a civilian population, just for your information. And uh, that best describes our government when one does not launch profanity by the yard, which is much more appropriate, and believe me, I can dispense profanity as well as the next guy, maybe even as well as Lewis Ewing, who, by the way, is an incredible researcher. Uh, the guy thinks nothing of going into the law library for a week at a time. Uh, but anyway, uh, listen to past shows here at 87488 and on 59615. And uh, Chappie and I are here almost... Uh, every week, twice a week, to uh, <clears throat> discuss unlawful takings through uh, tax, tax laws that are so complex they can get away with stealing from us. And you'll learn a lot more than what I'm able to tell you in one show. Go to wevgov.com and get those products if you want to contribute to our effort. If you want to join the criminal complaint and then the lawsuit, uh, contact Chris at AmericanLiberties.llc at gmail.com. Maybe Chris will type that into the chat, his email address, get a hold of him, and uh, he'll contact you about how to join these. And you'll become a co-complainant to Congress and a co-plaintiff on this lawsuit that was filed today. And, um, and we'll just have a, a great time here in a couple weeks when we can speak freely about the docket number and the claims, and we'll have documents with, uh, you know, the court seal right on them, and, uh, and uh, then we'll be able to discuss the, uh, the government's uh, rebuttal once they file it. And uh, until next week... Um, we can open it up to question and answer for a couple of minutes, but I really want to let Chris go so he can go back to bed. Uh, as he stated at the beginning of the call, he's recovering from a heart attack he had four days ago. 
And uh, great to have him back, but he's not uh, moving at full steam yet. So uh, anybody have a question? Yeah, let um, me yeah, go ahead and uh, let's see. R.B. R. Butler just joined us. He's a little late, but, of course, Robert, you can always go back and um, and listen uh, at a later date, as I know that you do so often. But uh, by any chance, you have any questions while we have you on the call? Um, no, I don't. Thanks, Jeffy. Okay. And um, the um, I like to say that, you know, when David says that, you know, they're going to get you money, um, thank you, Sacred uh, Cal, um, a lot of that is very, very, very much true. But um, And it's hard for me to sit here and talk calmly like I'm half asleep uh, because I am... I am literally so, 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 so excited that we got this lawsuit filed because back in 2005, when I was first introduced to Dave, um, I was told by a friend of mine, oh, you got to talk to this guy, man. This this guy is filing a lawsuit and, uh, you know, and we want you to join. And I said, well... And, and I can't tell you why. Maybe the timing, maybe the, you know, I don't know, the, you know, uh, whatever reason, I, it wasn't made available, it wasn't available to me to uh, to do, or I didn't make it available to me. And so I didn't get to file into it, but then he filed a, uh, so he went on and filed to Congress with everybody and then once I saw it, I said, oh, man, did I really miss the boat. And so with that being said, I, I believe I became one of the first joiners. And because the IRS was heavily on my back and I stood in front of the grand jury, which a lot of you have heard that story. And if you haven't heard that story, go back to the archives look for the three IRS stoppers about three months ago, and you can listen to it. I go through a uh, a thing on it, and also on Dave Talks You number, uh, was it 59615? Uh, you can go back and look for it there as well. He has a, um, uh, I believe he got it on YouTube too, don't you, Dave? Have what? Uh, uh, my grand jury deal on uh, yeah the um, on uh, weavygov.com on the top of the menu column you'll see a link that says YouTube two. Uh, YouTube two will take you to my YouTube channel and look for the seminar that says uh, tax grand jury no indictment 2007 and that's a recording of a call with Chris about um, about his dealings with the grand jury uh, 2006 leading up to his appearance under subpoena where they never returned an indictment. Hey, you want to uh, block this idiot from typing in anything else on the uh, chat, please? Yeah, He's a I, moron. I, I, I'm just going to block. I have to block the whole chat, which I'm going to do, and I'm sorry, guys. Well, that's fine, too. Because he'll, uh, he'll just come back on. What an idiot. All right, well, let's move on. The um, So I like to, you know, um, 
also invite everybody to really take a close look at this uh, WeShareCrowdfunding.com forward slash American Liberties. I'm working with a, a fantastic upline. Uh, one of them is Patricia that I met that Dave and I were on a radio show. And, uh, uh, I mean, a team player that you, you, you always are looking for. And um, and I got team players below me that are joined us and that we are we are really doing whatever we can do to get what we need to get things done. And so not only do you get uh, what you want out of life, but by helping us, we get, well, no, I got, I'm a little bit uh, mixed up here. You get everything in life what you want when you help enough people get what they want. And so with that being said, I want to uh, just say for the evening, God bless America, and this call is officially over. Thank you. Oh, one last one last word, Chris. Go ahead. I've been dying to debate one of these morons from the Patriot Movement since 1993. 22 years of great big mouths with nothing to say. The anti-tax movement is a pack of morons. And I can bury them in 10 seconds with a couple simple questions about the tax code they didn't do enough research to uncover. They don't know how to read tax law. And I can accidentally put their curriculums in the trash with the exception of maybe one or two people. I know more than them. I've forgotten more than they'll ever know. And you got a lot of nerve, free America. Listen to the archives here. I, I humiliate these people on accident all of the time. Have a good day, everybody. Thanks for joining the call. You could have been doing something else, and uh, Chris and I certainly appreciate your attention, considerations, and your participation. See you next time.
It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.